to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Strick and Bach. I'm Jake Bachman alongside Husker Hall of Famer and longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland. Uh, we're also bringing in another longtime NBA vet, Strick's uh, draft buddy from back in the day, Samaki Walker. Uh, Samaki, welcome. How are you doing today? Well, I, I, I spit, as I say, as he drinks his coffee at the very moment. <laughs> Mark Walk was good. He can't hear us. Yeah, I think we might have to work on uh, work on some sound things there, Big Sky. See if we can get uh, some. Mark yeah, get here. Make sure you bit. tap Mark in. Well, what we're doing, so we we got a little bit of info on Mark. Mark Walk, you know, had played under in Louisville the great legendary Denny Crum. He was there two years, had some sex, successful seasons with the Cardinals. He recorded his first, the the most coveted uh, triple-double that you can find, which is the one that is by points, by rebounds, and by blocks. Not only did he do that. says I'm live, but I want you guys to know I can't see you. Oh, that's okay. Oh, can you hear us, though, Mark? Can you hear us? We see you. Can you hear us? He can't hear us. He can't hear but, us still. But nonetheless, we had Samaki. He recorded the, the points, the boards, and the blocks. Not only did he do it, he did it against the traditional blue bloods of Kentucky. That was phenomenal. He played with greats like Eric Strickland. <laughs> <laughs> he played with greats like Eric Strickland, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Shaq, and Kobe. Can't see winning, you guys. Win, we, can you hear us? Can you hear us, Samak? Mark, can you hear us? He's we're having, we're, having, we're having a little issue there with him. Work work on that. Work on that behind the scenes. But nonetheless, man, he has kids playing right now. One of them, Jabari, is playing at Colorado. He has Sakima playing at Rutgers. And he's also training up the next generation of kids and his youngest kids as they come up. So we want to talk to him. But, man, we're having some issues right now with tapping him in. But um, nonetheless, man, Samak had a great 10-year career. Uh, I got the opportunity to play with him, grow with him, and we stayed and remained friends throughout the years. And so it's been very interesting to watch him bring his young ones up. And, and they're, they're doing some wonderful things. One's at Rutgers, as I said. One's at Colorado. Jabari's having a phenomenal sophomore year uh, there at Colorado right now. So I had some questions I wanted to ask him. Uh, but – What's your what's your thoughts? Do you know anything about Samak in the time that he had the chance to play in the uh, in the NBA? Bach? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get we uh, reach out to him. Maybe I can't do video. Maybe we'll get a phone call with. Yeah, him. Yeah, we'll do it by phone. Yeah. Um, but we we definitely want to get him on one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I remember Samaki Walker uh, from back in the day. I'm kind of looking back at some of his stuff. Uh, he's very well known for his draft suit. He kind of had this. Like, you know, back uh, in the day, it was, it was very fashionable to have very baggy clothes, and he had this big white uh, suit on and a, and a giant and a big fedora. So he's one of the better draft suit guys throughout the history of the NBA. And then, of course, my best memories of him, um, other than with, with the Mavericks, like you were saying, is when he played on those Lakers teams and became an NBA champion there with the likes of Shaq and Kobe and, and Robert Ory and all those guys. So uh, it was kind of cool um, to, you know, obviously watch him from back in the day. Uh, and now to be able to speak to him will be very exciting and, and kind of have some questions about those things because he's definitely a guy I remember playing in the league. 
Well, one of the things that I'm going to do is I, I sent Big Sky's phone number, so hopefully we can get him tapped in and uh, discuss some of those things because we have some questions on the Sutter Heyman text line that uh, someone had asked for him as well. And so we're, we're looking forward to just getting a chance to talk to him. I hate that this sometimes happens. You know, technology sometimes isn't always a perfect uh, element of use, but it's been good for us. We use it, and uh, we're always trying to, you know, work out the tweaks. Yeah, we got we got two guys going from their house right now on a radio show, so maybe three guys was just too much to ask from. But of course, I, I am uh, I'm uh, stuck in uh, in a Lincoln home. I, I as the family's come down with the latest coronavirus uh, strain, so uh, kind of working on working that thing out. Of course, Eric Strickland, as always, has uh, as a nice uh, coming from his house. I believe in in in, in Florida. Maybe I shouldn't <laughs> speak for yourself, but uh, I'm in Mickey Mouse Town, baby. There you go. Yeah, always enjoying the sunshine down there. That's that's why I like the, the little back and forth of how cold it is always up here in Lincoln. But you show up once in a while. You'll take a trip up here once in a while. Yeah, uh, so we sounds like we got on. Samaki on the phone. I, 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 I have, hey, Samaki, you there? I'm here. I'm here, guys. Okay, good, man. I already shared your career, man, the time that you spent there at Louisville under the legendary coach of Denny Crum. We talked about, you know, some of the greats you got to play with i.e. Eric Strickland, Tim Duncan, David Robinson, <laughs> Shaq, Kobe, you know, you got to play with some of the greats of all time, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, you know that that first name, man, that was one of the, that was one of the best right there. That guy E Strick. I'm trying to tell you. Woo! But 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 no, man, yeah, man, it was very I was very fortunate throughout my career to have an opportunity to play with some greats. You named it uh, you know, like I said, including yourself, but young Dirk you know what I'm saying? Uh, young Dwayne Wade, you know, Shaq's, the Kobe's, uh, man, I mean, you name it, you know, David Robinson. I was very fortunate, man, throughout my time, to, you know, to be able to, to to have that journey, bro. No doubt. So one of the things, man, is you, you have two, you know, you have, you know, you have some kids now, but two of them are now in college with Jabari and Sakima. We do have a, a question on the Sutter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685 also that I'm going to ask shortly after this. But what is it like, man, now see, being able to see kids, man, that you watched grow? You know, shoot, Jabari's like 6'9", Sakima's like 6'5", and you got a chance to train them and watch them develop as young men and women. So what, what was that like for you? Man, it's awesome. You know, it's an awesome experience. I mean... Um... You know, obviously the genetics are there, but, uh, you know, the kids put in the work, man. And, and as you know, it always starts with a dream. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's, it's sometimes some people don't realize it's even harder for kids, you know, who've had fathers who play professional basketball and things down the line. Like, you know, I, I myself, you know, never knew those kind of pressures and things like that. So you have to take those things into account, you know, and, uh, I teach basketball like life strict, you know, basketball skills, man. When basketball was taught to me, it was introduced to me by my father, who when he first time he showed me a basketball, he literally said this to take you around the world. So my approach to basketball was, is, is always teaching that as life skills and, and what the platform of basketball, you know, you know what basketball has done for you and allows you to do with your family and things that you can do and, you know, how you've been able to see the world, you know, so, um, I just teach them to, you know, to be humble. The most important thing is to find their identity, you know, who they are. You know, as an athlete, that's the most important thing. And, uh, and, and, and they, you know, like I said, I'm very happy that they've gone on to um, take the game serious, you know, and approach it, 
uh, you know, from like a professional mindset. And right now, you know, they're having success because of it. It's kind of fun, too, to see how the game has changed over the years. Uh, and, and you always wonder, and we've talked about it before on this show, is how do players kind of, how would they relate and change as the game changes themselves? So you, I mean, you're a perfect example of this. You're, you're a, a down-low type of, uh, tough type of guy. When, and now the, the game has evolved into the kind of the three-point line and spacing and all that. Uh, how do you think your game would change if you had to play in, in the modern day, in the modern age of, of basketball? And do you kind of try to, to teach that to your kids as well? Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing, you know, and uh, one of the reasons why my, my, I think my draft stock went high was because I, I literally could shoot the ball. But in that era, you know, when I grew up, you know, big men who were shooting outside was considered soft. And I, and I didn't want to be that, you know. And, and, and I, so I always embraced the physical style of play. Uh, obviously, the game has changed now and has evolved where, you know, uh, it requires a lot more skills, a lot more space. I think in today's game, um, you know, I had the ability to move my feet, which I think is is very important to be able to switch out and guard on. Uh, and today's what today's bigs are asked to do guard smaller players, and I think uh, you know uh, I had a, a pretty soft touch from mid range, which I think I could have evolved to the three point line if necessary. And uh, it and watching guys like Rasheed Wallace, you know, guys who were you know initially low post guys you know, do it in real time during my era. You know, it's a glimpse of what, what you know, could players could evolve into. And now, you know, guys are just getting tons of rep. It's repetition, man. You know, you hear people talk about era and what guys could do and couldn't do. I say that's baloney. If you give a guy repetitions and attention to detail, man, and some time in the gym, you know, you can create habits. You look at all the shots that these young guys are creating today in our era were considered bad shots. But they've proven everybody wrong because they shoot these shots at a, at a high level. Yeah, man. There's one thing that I've been kind of wanted to ask because you're training not only your kids, you actually train other young, inspiring um, young men and women trying to step to their next levels of their game, whether it be in high school or or in college. So, do you think like the fundamentals of the game um, that you so eloquently teach them? are more prevalent today or more visible today or in the past, would you say that the fundamentals were more uh, adept in, in times past or in, in today's game? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, what I do, man, I, I teach adults too. And actually I had a client today who's 58 years old. And so for me, I, I love teaching. And uh, so most of my, my students aren't, you know, just youth, but in regarding the youth, it, it's, you know, the business of basketball has changed the game of basketball forever. You know, um, there's a lot more entertainment involved. And rightfully so, it sells. And so that's what the fans are asking for. And I think what we have to find is a, is a median balance between the entertainment and real basketball. And, um, you know, guys are getting away with what in our era was considered carries and things of that nature. You know, uh, I know guys, uh, you know, it's just – it's, it's a different game. And so, the, but the entertainment part of the game, you know, allows and calls for that. And, um, you know, it's not the player's fault. You know, if you start down at the AU level, they give these kids, they roll a ball out there strict and just let them go. And, you know, you got the shoe companies, got everybody looking for the next star. There's really no coaching. They've taken the coaches, right. they're taking the power out of the high school, right? And so right. now it's it's just, 
you got these young kids that are incredible athletes. And, and I have a problem with that, honestly, because I've seen videos where I think maybe, I think Stan Van Gundy was on a video. I think he was doing a clinic with um, uh, some people, I think. I don't know if it was from overseas or not, but he was explaining how now they have to go overseas to find good big men. And I took offense to that, even though I'm not even planning today's game. But it just goes to, you know, you got your Jokic's and guys like that and over there. And, and he has a point. I get it. Even though I was upset, I agreed. I understand where he was coming from because you look at a guy like Jokic, you can do everything with the ball from a center position. Um, and, and, Porzingis. Uh, like guys like that now, you know, yeah. highly skilled. You know, who, who, who can play within the flow of the offense, get theirs, and without stopping, you know, the flow of the offense, they're highly skilled. And, you know, the game of basketball is played a certain way, and these guys play the right way. Sure, well, it's right. interesting as, as we go down that line. We do have a question off the uh, Sardar Heyman text line, which you guys give us a, give us your questions if you want to ask Samaki Walker a question here, 402-464-5685. Uh, question off the text line, which one of you guys taught a young Dirk Nowinski his trademark one-leg fadeaway <laughs> while on the Mavericks together? I'll let you answer that, Samaki. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's crazy, bro? Let me tell you an interesting story, man. Uh, so, you know, a strict note, you know, young, young Dirk comes in and, you know, he comes in the era where he got instead of a still physical at the time. And, you know, Don Nelson, who was, was, uh, was probably one of the greatest coaches, you know, without hands down, you know, I think his winning record proves it. But more than his record, he was a developer. He was a future thing. He's seen things that other coaches didn't see at the time. Now, he was doing things with the old Milwaukee back with Paul Pressey and those guys and running point forwards and things like that even then. And so when he came into Dallas, when he got uh, young Dirk, Dirk came in and skinny, and I thought there's no way this guy is going to survive because he just didn't have the, the physicality at the time in, in that era. But I got a chance to watch Dirk work with his trainer. And, and uh, as funny as documentary came out, which is incredible, by the way, but I got a chance to see him work with this mayor ball and his trainer had him doing, uh, he would have him go around Hogar. a three-point Hogar. arc, do a squat, shoot the mayor ball up in the air. The trainer would catch it and they would circle around the perimeter. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he doing? Like, this is gimmicks. I never saw anything like that before in my life. And then fast forward and you see how Dirk shoots the ball so effortlessly, going back to your point, one leg from deep, things like that. That was trained, man. I mean, that kid, he worked his ass off to get to where he got, man. And so I was very fortunate going back to my career to see and have opportunities and strict as well, you know, to see guys like Dirk come in and develop and now, you know, future Hall, the Hall of Famer. No question. Yeah, definitely. Hogar was phenomenal. And I think I mentioned that on, on the show last week, just some of the things that he was able to do when we celebrated Dirk's um, rightfully so number going into the rafters there at um, at the arena. It's AAC. So I, I definitely Samaki said it all. That's why I let him because we both watched it. I mean, it didn't from before practice, after practice, he still was doing that same thing. And so it wasn't something that just came out of nowhere. It was worked on. Last last couple of questions, Samaki. So there, there's some things now that have now transcended within the, the elements of sports and collegiate sports. So now you have, you know, what they call the NIL, and then you also yep. have what they call the transfer portal. Um, do you think those elements of the game, and, and, and I, if we have more time, I'll get into the G League Ignite. 
I have a question about that as well. But do you think those elements of the game help or hinder the the, the, the collegiate sport right now, and in which way? Well, I think it, 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 if you if you look at from the you know the, the collegiate stamp the college standpoint, yes, it does. It hinders, but it does give the players more power, which rightfully so. Uh, look, colleges have been you know reaping the rewards from these college players' likeness for years. Facts. You know, and it's, and it's nothing wrong with guys, players having the opportunity to reap, you know, rewards off their own name. And so uh, going to, with the transfer portal, um, you know, now, you know, these coaches basically can, can, can get these guys on a team and basically handle them the way they want. Now, there's good and bad to the transfer portal because you got guys who just are not mentally tough, get upset with a coach, things don't go their way, you don't build a team around them, it's simply a lead. And I see a lot of that happening. But for the most part, for the players who who actually put their confidence and faith in the team and things didn't go out the way they wanted, it does give them an opportunity to be able to start and over it. So I do like that aspect. But like any platform, things can be abused. Same way with the NIL. I'm sure there's going to be new guidelines and things. It's the first year, obviously, that will come out with that. But uh, I do like the platform that it gives to athletes. For sure. Last question, man, and then we'll go to break. Uh, thank you again for joining us, Samaki. This question comes, you know, because now the G League has kind of changed the dynamics. Also, after this year, they'll be able to go back and find guys like you uh, straight out of high school. So with the G League Ignite right now, that's kind of, I think I got a chance to talk to Rod Strickland, and they kind of put this idea together, and I watched that develop him and then also uh, talking with uh, Sharif Abdurrahim and what they put together with this G League Ignite, getting these younger players to come off. I understand the concept of it is keeping them from going from overseas and, and keeps them close so that they can really uh, monitor them and evaluate them and teach them you know, professional etiquettes while they're here. Uh, how do you feel about that, though? Do you think the G League Ignite um, hurts the collegiate game a little bit? Or do you think these guys get a chance to kind of get get seen and, and would that like benefited someone like you back in the day? I think the answer it's both. I think yes, it does hurt, you know, the college platform, but at the same time, it, it does give the players who are ready and who 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 we we wish and we see as bona fide pros, it gives them the opportunity to uh bypass, let's face it, a lot of these guys are just going to school for, for college, especially the top guys. The top guys are just using because that was the only platform available. If you give right. guys more platforms, they'll take advantage of those platforms, and that's what's happening in real time right now. Uh, does it hurt the college scene? Yes. In the college, what it does, though, is creates competition. It's going to be great to see, good to see what the colleges continue to do to, to, to compete, you know, with these other platforms. Again, all about giving, you know, more power to the players. You know, and I'm for that. Uh, but – for the players who go, obviously you have some players who believe they're ready and not ready and they'll skip college and they won't have that opportunity and that foundation to go draw back on. So again, like any platform, you have to be careful. And I would exercise caution to the player because you know a lot of times you got people in these players' ears, you know, telling them things that, you know, maybe that they, they, that they're ready and they're, and they're not ready. And so just because they're thinking they're cash grab and things of that nature. So, you know, hopefully – these players have good representation, people, background, foundations that will allow them to make sound decisions. 
One last question for you for me, Samaki, is tonight that we have the uh, the college football championship game between Alabama and Georgia, and uh, I'll, I'll run this back to the NBA, but um, basically some people are getting Alabama fatigued just because of how dominant they are. The NBA seems to be opened up once again. Of course, there were the years where we had the Cavaliers against the Warriors every year, and we've been through those times when each dynasty comes. You were a part of it with the Lakers at one time. Do you like the, the sport of the NBA better when it seems to be more wide open, or do you like it when there is a, a defined bad guy that everybody knows is, is probably going to win the championship unless somebody steps up and takes it from him? Well, I think you need both. I think you do need that bad guy because I think it's good for the league. It sharpens iron. I mean, it sharpens everybody. And I think when you had everybody gunning for the, the Warriors, I think that, you know, it it, it really uh, alerted the NBA uh, that everybody had, you know, they had to step up their game. And then you look what everybody's doing. I mean, with the shooting, I mean, the shooting in the league itself, you know, that inspired by what Golden State has been able to do. And so I think you do need a bad guy, but at the same time, I think that it does get fatigue after a while, you know, which is normal. And, um, but Hey, you got to knock them down, you know, at the end of the day, that's the game, you know, you got to beat the bully. And until you do, you know, the bully is still the bully. He's Smoggy Walker, NBA champion, former NBA player and a, and a teammate of Eric Strickland. Uh, Smoggy, thanks for your time today. Hey guys, my pleasure, man. I really appreciate it. All right, there it goes. Peace. Good to hear from Samaki Walker. Uh, we got to take a quick break, then your chance to beat Eric Strickland at our shootout with Strick. That's coming up next. Give us a call, 402-464-5685 on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline for your chance to take down Strick in a three-point shootout type of style game. Uh, that's what we got coming for you next here on On the Block with Strick and Pocket, 93.7 The Ticket.